0: This movie's about to be S-P-O-I-L-T, spoiled. This is Spoilers. Vote for Pappy. Vote for Pappy.
1: That was really good.
0: Thanks, Stevie. And well, howdy and welcome listeners. I'm your host, Pappy O'Malcolm. Try my biscuits. Recording tonight... (laughs) from denver colorado i'm all amped up this is the first time we've recorded in like a month so really happy to see all the guys again but most importantly we actually have a new guest too who i'm also very excited about film dylan welcome you have a podcast about your own why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself
2: yes hello i am uh dylan and uh you can check me out on cine study podcasts uh i mean that's pretty much all there is to say we do basically extended breakdowns of movies of various genres and some are good some are getting there and uh that's kind of CineStudy study right now
0: I really like your uh, extended analysis episodes you did one on la la land that was really really good and your one on Thank jaws you. is really good
3: too Yeah I've listened to CineStudy study too and I'm wondering why did you lower yourself to join this
1: pod today <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I said he sounds prestigious. Uh,
2: that's, a, that's a fantastic question right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I said, very lucky
0: to have him. Uh, we paid handsomely for him to be here tonight. Uh, but yes. let's get down to our regular hosts. Uh, the reason I, Pappy, am your host tonight is because I won the privilege of hosting from Brett's last pick, 7. Uh, Brett, I've always kind of wondered, well, first, tell us where you're recording from, and then, like, what kind of music are you into? What, what, what jams out at the Kelly household?
4: Uh, this is Brett from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I don't know. I like uh, like indie indie rock. I like uh, like December's Strokes and Fleet Foxes and stuff like that. But I also like Tupac. I listen to a lot of pretty much everything except for some most country, contemporary Christian, and death metal.
0: Those are your three nos of music genres. Much like Evil Dead Two is one of your three nos. <laughs> Spoilers.
4: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say Evil Dead's worse than Death Metal, but it's pretty close.
0: Moving on. Uh, next, we have uh, my good friend, our good pod- our podcast uh, Disney expert, Stevie. Uh What's that, You man? last hosted on Treasure Planet. I was wondering, well, first of all, tell us where you're recording from, and then this was your first time seeing Oh Brother Thou? correct? Hmm?
5: It's first time seeing it the whole way through. That is correct. Hi, this is Stevie from Elkhart, Indiana. And I remember seeing like the end concert or like the end wedding crash where he played "Man of Constant Sorrow," and as a young boy, I thought that was actually George Clooney singing. And as a much <laughs> older man, I
4: now feel very stupid for ever thinking that. <laughs> he, he tried. He wanted. They wanted him to. He thought since he was Rosemary's son, but or uh, nephew, but he was so bad.
0: Apparently, <laughs> skips a generation that singing talent.
3: Was that really Tuturo, uh doing the yodeling oh, there? no way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I hope it was.
0: <laughs> it definitely wasn't. But that voice that you just heard, uh, well, actually, let's wait, Josh, wait a second, because next up chronologically would be Mikey, who has done Raiders of the Last Ark. Uh, Mikey, how do you feel about the Coens? I, I don't think we've ever really talked about them um, together
1: uh we've done a couple of their movies now we've done old country for old men which i love uh old, like, country uh, for old men yeah. yeah or no country for old men uh i like some of their stuff and then other stuff uh like we were talking earlier suburbicon was not very good at all so i guess they got some stinkers but they also have some really good stuff i like a lot of their stuff i like them nice and what are you recording from tonight uh elkart or no goshen sorry
0: there you go. Um, and then last but not least, uh, Josh, I didn't mean to, to hold you back there, but it's just been so long since you've hosted. I did want to call attention to that, and I hope everyone's rooting for you during trivia tonight, but it was the Too Fast, Too Furious podcast where I had a meltdown, um, and my mom got real disappointed in me, so now we're uh, spoiling our favorite movie. But That was
5: so long ago. John Singleton was still alive. Oof.
0: <laughs> oh, my
5: God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Josh, you told me you love this movie. When did you first watch it? What's your What's your relationship
3: with it? Uh, that's an interesting question for me. I think I was a freshman in high school, and we watched this as a basketball team, the freshman basketball team, because like nice. the coach was like, if, that's you a real get, up. if you get one charge per game, I'll take you to a movie and pizza. And we're like 15, and we're like, fuck yeah, pizza, man. So <laughs> we got enough charges, and this was the movie, and I even liked it then.
0: There you go. And uh, you're from Goshen tonight too, right?
3: Goshen, the land of drawing charges, Goshen, of Indiana, course.
0: as it's known. Yep. So that's that's our cast tonight. Uh, but let's get down to to the movie. Oh, brother, where art thou? Our second movie from the Brothers Cohen. To get back to his wife and kids, Ulysses Everett
4: McGill will do anything. Hey, any boys, Smithy. But he's about to get off on the wrong track. Who elected you leader of this outfit? Well, Pete, I figured it should be the one with the capacity for abstract thought. Boys, you just stick with me. we're in a tight spot.
6: Ah! Believe me, I got a plan.
4: Ah! And I can get my wife back and we can get out of here. Okay, I'm with you fellas.
1: Ain't you
5: going to introduce us, Pete?
1: I've seen him first!
6: Oh, 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 oh. Ah, them sirens loved him up and turned him into a horny toad. You two are just dumber a bag of hammers.
4: Oh, allow me to introduce myself. Big Dan! toot Core. Hey, what line of work you in, George? Come and get me, Captain!
0: Huh? Oh, George, not the livestock. Wait a minute. Since we've been following your lead, we got nothing but trouble.
2: You have eluded me for the last time.
6: Ah! I
4: got the answers. I'm bonafide.
0: Let's start with the look of the movie. And Josh, I kind of want to go back to you for this one. Can you describe the, the color palette? It was shot by Roger Deakins, but it's very distinctive. It's not like any of their other movies.
3: Like all things Coen Brothers, it seems to just like mesh with their style. So I don't feel like you notice it. It's not like a bunch of pastels, like Wes Anderson or something. But there's definitely a unique style to it. It feels very like gritty and real. Um, the characters like usually like greasy and sweaty and stuff. Um, what are you getting at with the colors? What do you What are you seeing there? A lot, of, a lot of sepia tones.
1: Mm-hmm. Sepia's, yeah. <laughs> like uh, it's all old timey.
3: Deltas. Well, it opens up with like black and white, straight up for a second, the very opening. Mm-hmm. But bring um, that
0: Poe Lazarus number, where the the chain gang is like breaking the rocks. They're singing that song.
3: But yeah, to Mikey's point, a little washed out, maybe you could say.
0: Mm-hmm. This is actually kind of a. It's an historic film from a technical perspective. It's actually the first film uh, to ever be totally digitally uh, colorized. Uh, previously, they would use chemical. Treatments, but this is the first one to be done by computer. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then again, you have like the Roger deacon's cinematography. So this movie looks awesome. But we talked about the opening prologue. Uh, they're singing a song. There's a title card that says this is based on the Odyssey, which is a point I'm sure will come up a couple times in this podcast. But uh, that song kind of ends after about a minute or so, and we get Big Rock Candy Mountain, and we meet our three uh, main characters. Um, film dylan i'll let you pick who you want to break down uh george clooney john detero or tim blake nelson uh can you tell us about one of those one of those characters all
2: right well i think i gotta start off with the big one which is uh george clooney right uh he's kind of the main Mm. guy and uh he's everett and everett is just like super fast talking like he's got like kind of this charisma that the other two don't possess he's like He seems to know what he's talking about, but when you listen to, like, anything he's saying, he's not really saying anything at all. Like, he says (laughs) something very early on, like, he basically is just asking, is anyone here a blacksmith? But he, like, brings it out in, like, eight paragraphs of anyone here formerly skilled in the metallurgic arts or something of that nature. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just kind of, like, fake witty. Yeah,
3: he seems to be quick and witty, but on the other hand, like, while he's asking for a blacksmith quickly... He's totally blind to the fact he's about to be pulled out of the train, <laughs> like, flat on his face. Yeah. It's kind of a
2: reoccurring theme. He misses a lot that's going on, it seems like, because he's just he's very much consumed with himself.
0: Yeah, we later on to fi- go to find out that he's he's been locked up for practicing law uh, without a license. Um, then kind of, like, second, also kind of part of the power struggle of the group is John Turturro. Uh This character's name is Pete Hogwallop. Uh, the Hogwallops are... <laughs> <laughs> a simple folk, I think it's fair to say. Uh, even for 1930s depression era Mississippi standards, um, they're barely getting by. Uh, apparently, a famous hogwalp family saying is never trust a hog wallop. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh. so, that, that kind of describes what's going on there a little bit with John Turturro. He's, he's great in this movie, but Stevie, let's go to you last. Could you tell us a little bit about Tim Blake Nelson as Delmar?
5: Tim Blake Nelson... Is um He's a simple man as well, and he's also carrying a lot of guilt around with him. And I don't know, I love Tim Blake Nelson, just like the accents Me he too. does. And um, as well as I imagine he did some singing in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he crushed it in Buster Scruggs. I imagine he did oh, some yeah. singing in this as well. He's the
3: only cast member, I believe, that did sing.
0: In the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now.
3: It sounds exactly like he did in Buster Scruggs, so. The best part about
5: his character is he kind of is dependent on both Clooney and Totoro. So when they're doing that struggle of like, I'm leader of this outfit. Well, I know I'm the leader. And Tim (laughs) Blake looks at them both and goes... I'm with both of you.
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, fellers.
3: He's a glue guy.
0: <laughs> uh funny story too is that Tim Blake Nelson, he is playing the simpleton of the group, was actually I was watching this Charlie Rose interview and they're like, Oh yeah, he was actually the smartest guy on set of the Coens and the main characters. He's the only one who actually read the Odyssey. Um, and he went to Brown. <laughs> so he's like this like super brainiac who's playing the dumbest guy. Wow. In the group. But this was actually like his breakout role, too. He really... He, he said it himself that he hadn't had a role that consisted of more than a couple scenes in a movie before this. And now he's alongside Clooney and Tatura, which uh, he, he did really great. He's one of my favorite characters.
3: I also heard in that same vein, Pap, that he never auditioned after this movie. Like, this was really a breaking point for him.
0: It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, so then... The like, like Dylan mentioned, uh, the gang's kind of like falling out of a train, they're trying to like collect themselves. There's some internal strife, uh, but then we meet the harbinger of this movie. And Josh, who, <laughs> who comes rolling down the train tracks, and what does he tell tell the gang? Uh, who
3: is it? I don't he's know. A no man, no, no, he's names. nobody, <laughs> no, he, <name>. ser- <laughs> he is no man, and he serves no man. Um, it's this blind on the rails, uh. Just bluesy, wise, black dude that's got this like weird pump contraption on the railroad. Hand car. It's, it's kind of cool. Like the super wide shot of it because it's in the Odyssey. Um, everything they're doing is by ship and kind of port to port, island to island. And this is definitely kind of like the South's way to like travel the sea of open field so to speak so he gets them away from the cops and um he actually takes the group to the house that you were just referring to what's the last name of the family that he can't trust he takes them all up yeah he takes them all the way (laughs) to within walking distance of the hog walls
0: (laughs) i love uh to as they're leaving uh uh, Dumar's like, how did he know about the treasure? And George Clooney, like, goes on this long, like, tirade, like, you know, sometimes blind people have, like, <laughs> yeah. extra sensory powers and, like, all these extra perceptions. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, Pete goes, but well, he said we wouldn't get it. And George Clooney goes, he's an ignorant old man. <laughs> 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 so funny, but yeah, you're right. They they end up at Pete's cousin's house, the Hogwalt family, and, and Mikey. Kind of, what goes down there? What do they need from from their cousin?
1: Uh, well, they need to get the shackles off. Uh, but there's a little bit of tension when they meet up, uh, because I guess the family has been going through some tough times and <laughs> <laughs> run off Since the uh, beginning. <laughs> yeah, the Hogwalt's are not on good terms uh, as a family. And, uh, so he kind of asks for this favor of getting the shackles off, and then, uh, they have a bounty on them, so, uh, the cousin turns them in without letting them know while they're asleep in the barn, and all hell kind of lets loose after that.
2: I like that he calls him, uh, Judas Iscariot Hogwallop. I think that was a nice. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, <scary> <laughs> that is one of my favorite scenes when they're yelling out from the loft and they're like throwing gas and then fire. a tight spot. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's the first that spot. killed me the first time I watched that.
1: <laughs> the best is George Clooney is saying, "Oh man, oh boys, we're in a tight situation right now." He says it like 8 times during the tight this spot. Season. Yeah. Yeah, we're in yeah. a tight spot right now. And then uh, while they're putting well, they're pouring, like, gasoline on the barn. He, you can hear him in the background, like, whispering, like, off screen, oh, boys, we're in a tight spot right now. <laughs> I, I also like when,
4: I mean, I think Josh, somebody mentioned it, like, uh, George Cooney's like, we got sold out by your cousin, and John Turturro's like, how dare you say that, blah, 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 and he comes up, and, like, all of a sudden, you hear his cousin be like, I'm sorry I sold you out. I thought <laughs> that was really funny. All
6: right, <laughs> ah, <man. clears throat> That was my hair. We got you surrounded.
4: Damn, we're in a tight spot.
6: Just come on out and grab it there Don't try nothing fancy. Your situation is putting out hopeless. Damn.
0: We're in a tight spot. I love the 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 dynamic too between his cousin and the little kid that he has. Like as the gang approaches the house, the kid like is shooting at him. He's like, "You better not be bank. serving papers, <laughs> you fellas from the bank. <laughs> I nicked the census man." And Tom was like, "There's a good boy."
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a good boy. <laughs> and it even boy. comes up
3: again later because while they're there, George Clooney like nicks something from the house, and even though the the cousin is totally like turn like the whole group. Totoro's still like, why did you steal that from my cousin? You didn't know he was evil at the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was borrowing it until I knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> that don't make no sense <laughs> it's so good, but yeah, so the the cops show up like they mentioned uh the little boy bails him out, they r u n n o f t away, and then they immediately <laughs> kick him out of the car and he walks home dejected and that's kind of a a theme of this movie is that you'll see a lot of characters kind of come and go. Um, I think that's kind of like the influence of, of the odyssey like they talked about, but th- that's kind of like the first episodic adventure that they have. Uh, there's a little montage here, uh, where they go or George Clooney goes into town and he's trying to buy his dapper Dan, uh, which comes up. And, and one of my favorite lines where he's like, uh, you can't get the parts and he can't get his palm. And he's like, this place is a geographical oddity. Two weeks <laughs> from everywhere.
2: <laughs> that whole scene is genius. I love that scene. It's like the, the whole dialogue in this movie is so good because it just makes like half of the stuff George Clooney is saying is so unnecessarily like complicated but he's mm. just like it's so good I don't know yeah, he's very wordy well I hate this place a geographical oddity
0: two weeks from everywhere the uh, cashiers and Coen brothers movies are always so stoic or strange or just like dis- disconnected <laughs> from their job <laughs> it's so funny and this guy's one of those but uh we're coming up to one of my favorite uh songs in the movie um Brett can you tell us about how Dumb and Pete get saved
4: first of all that I don't know how they did that but the the music and how it sounds is like incredible in my opinion I don't know yeah. if they like layered it that way or it just like I can't even like think of a song that's anywhere near like that in a movie but yeah they're uh I don't know I think they're walking or driving at the time I remember and they hear a bunch of singing and they run out there and uh a bunch of people in white, they're going down to the river or lake or whatever to get baptized. Or and George the Clooney kind of starts. De- well,
0: sorry, the whole time Delmar is trying to give George Clooney gopher belt. What is going go
4: So like George Clooney's like kind of making fun of him and basically saying like you'd have to be an idiot to do that. And like Delmar just sprints out there and he gets baptized and he's just super pumped. Like it's probably the happiest he is in the whole movie. Um, cause he's like, all of his sins are washed away. And, uh, can I tell well, you a secret, think he's
1: Brett? Free. he yeah. thinks he's free from the law.
4: Yeah. He's an
3: idiot
5: <laughs> in the eyes of Mississippi. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm listening, Josh. Sorry. Yeah. Th- so this movie is really silly and just fun, but I th- watching it through this time when he is like so innocent and like goes to like run out there, like. I almost found myself, like, pre-choking up or something.
4: Yeah, I could see that for sure. I could see that. I cried, boys. There
5: you go.
3: <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it hits for some reason. I don't it's get a it. Really sweet, it's a really sweet scene.
5: Yeah, the, I don't know why, but, like, music always gets me in movies. God, it's and so beautiful, too. the music, too. and the way, mm. this, like, the way these, like, scenes unfold and the way it's shot, like, it really sounds like their voices are traveling across the water.
6: Come on, mothers, let's go down, down in the I went down in the river to pray Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the starry crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh, sinners, let's go down
1: I thought it was cool, but I was expecting more of, like, a midsummer-type situation going (laughs) on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are peaceful people. people. No, and
5: seeing, like, Tim Blake Nelson's face of just pure happiness, like Josh said. And, like, I don't know, it hit me real
4: hard, and I was, like, really teary-eyed and crying, so... Plus, it's, like, the only time he had always lied about, like... Is at the time where he'd always lied about it that he robbed what about that Piggly that bank
5: Wiggly? You stuck up,
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like he actually admitted it that time because he feels so good about himself. Yeah, so definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie.
2: Yeah, I will say it's it's an interesting thing that that scene like is so happy and like the one like really good moment for them all to unite at one point because the the kind of Odyssey tie for this one I, I've looked up like most of the Odyssey ties just out of curiosity and the one for this was actually. Uh, a part of the Odyssey called, I I just wrote down the Lotus Eaters, which is like they went on this island in the actual Odyssey and basically got like super drugged up on flowers and couldn't leave. And it's like really, it's really weird that that's what the Coen's just like moved that into religion because it kind of like, it takes the really, I guess almost scary aspect of that part of the Odyssey and just like makes it this really lighthearted thing in this. But I think that has to do with, we kind of skipped over the introduction of like a weird character in this whole movie, which is, the sheriff, who's like very oh, much right. just a, a devil. He's Man. always a bad guy. Well, when and you talk about a, the uh, Odyssey
3: Kruger. researching this lately, yeah. <laughs> I also heard that like Sullivan's travels is a big part of it as well. I don't know that nearly as well. Does anybody?
0: Yeah. I saw it as part of the AFI uh project. It's uh it's it's a good movie. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I wouldn't consider it one of the greatest hundred American films ever made. Uh, Basically, in that movie, the the main guy is, like, a Hollywood producer. Like, he makes movies, but he makes kind of, like, silly movies. And he wants to make a, a really, like, serious, like, documentary, like, f- or for the people depicting poor people. And he wants that movie to be called Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? And so this movie is from, like, the 40s or whatever. And then, like, he goes out to try and learn about poor people, but it's, like, kind of silly. And he keeps getting pulled back into the studio. And he's not <laughs> successful. Then, like... I'm I'm gonna fuck up this part, but then he has like amnesia or something, or like he gets arrested and the cops don't believe who he is who he is something like that. But he spent some time in jail, and there's this really famous scene where uh, there the prisoners are taken to a uh, black church where they're showing a movie. So that, that that scene's kind of replicated too here in our brother or Arthur, where the the prisoners come in and watch a movie. But mm-hmm. in, in Sullivan's Travels, that there I think it's like a Pluto cartoon, and it's just like literally one of those like classic violent budo cartoons where he's like getting the shit kicked out of them by the world and the prisoners just like bust up laughing like <laughs> like crying laughing and i guess it's kind of like a self-indulgent hollywood story like hey even the stupid movies like make people happy so everything we do is kind of important but but there's a lot of i think references it too from from that movie to like different scenes that are that are pulled
2: will those nearest the lights kindly rise and dim them please
1: I had no idea that this had anything to do with the Odyssey. I went into (laughs) this, like, not knowing any context about the story at all. Because I, for the longest time, I didn't want to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I, well, well, when it it came out when we were younger, it just didn't appeal to me at all. And then uh, it's just been so long, I kind of forgot about it. It's like
5: My Sopranos.
3: Well, I'm curious when Film Dylan was looking up all of the Odyssey references, like, my take on this movie is there's, like, some one-to-ones, like, really obvious, like, the sirens or the cyclops, but it seemed more the episodic, just, like, Odyssey adventure was the kind of theme, is every scene have a one to one to it?
2: It's actually yeah. I was kind of interested in that too because I'm like, there's no way all of this connects, but there it, there's like ridiculous amounts of connections. The the guy on the hmm. hand car we're talking about earlier is like the oracle who tells Odysseus about his whole quest. The the guy who's oracle like Delphi? tracking him down. Yeah, the guy who's tracking him down is uh, supposed to be like Poseidon, who's like constantly trying to sabotage uh odysseus's journey and there's a lot of other like really small ones Mm. like even them singing uh the constant sorrow song references something from the odyssey um and then also the characters with everett kind of being odysseus odysseus's main uh flaw like his tragic flaw was uh i think his pride and that kind of goes hand in hand with everett's like vanity and stuff where he's always trying to get his dapper dan and stuff like that so there's a lot of connections
0: yeah, and on the way back they're like uh, Odysseus finds that there's more suitors for his wife, he has to like kick their ass or something. Yeah, kinda yeah, happens a big to
3: one. I noticed they use some of the verbiage too, like tactician and su- he's a suitor. <laughs> like <laughs> Bonafide. Yeah. He's bona fide. He,
4: did you guys mention that Ulysses means Odysseus in
2: Latin? Oh dang, no. I didn't I yeah. didn't even know, did that. Not know the that. Latin
4: translation of Odysseus is Ulysses, so that's definitely your thing right
0: Breath there. perfect Nice. I like it. Uh, so let's, uh, so I just want to call it real quick to that song that was playing during the scene that made Josh and Stevie uh, weep is Alison Krauss performing uh, down to the oh, River prey. She's really she's great. Got,
4: she's got more uh, Grammy. She got more Grammys than any, solo artist ever, I believe. Like, 37.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, wow, she performs with a band Jeez. called Union Station quite a bit. It's really good. We used to have a couple of CDs of theirs, but uh, they pick up a uh, guitarist, Tommy Friend Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah. he sold his soul, almost like the legendary Robert Johnson to the devil, to learn on to play the guitar. Real good. Um, here's where we kind of get confirmation that that guy who's been chasing him is the devil. He like describes him like beat for beat, like the dark eyes and the, the dog and everything. Um, but he tells him about a place called Tishaminga
3: where they can sing into a can and get some money.
0: Uh, Josh, do you like uh, the song Man of Constant Sorrow?
3: I used to not and now I freaking love it. I there really do. Um, I love Robert slash Tommy Johnson's guitar play on it too. Uh, yeah. Why do you think... I, it kind of bothers me that they changed his name for this movie for some reason. Wait, Is that a legal not, thing?
4: That's not necessarily true. There's... Thomas Johnson was also a Delta blues guitar player who kind of told people that he sold the solo devil as his thing. So they were both attributed to both Johnsons. But Robert Johnson like the, is by Thomas far. Thomas Johnson
0: like, also played the guitar so hard he had to have reconstructive elbow surgery where they took a tendon out of his knee and Tommy John surgery. Tommy is John were surgery? No, oh. oh. oh, that was
3: a <laughs> Isn't joking. that what Marilyn Manson had when he had his rib taken out?
4: Oof! Yeah, that's that's why. Is that what you meant, Josh? <laughs>
3: what yeah I didn't know there's I just knew Robert Johnson and Kazna has that same like mythology right yeah they, the they even says road. on Wikipedia
4: a story more often attributed to Robert Johnson
3: yeah. but it's
4: definitely Tommy Johnson was also less famous than Robert Johnson so but they were very similar
3: anyway Pappy going back to you I think the funniest part of the scene for me and it's kind of a trope in a lot of movies it's like people are put on the spot and have to sing suddenly. And they're just like nailing these harmonies first try. Yeah, first <laughs> yeah. try.
4: <laughs> it's really funny. And then they didn't do it live. It's even yeah.
3: better.
1: Their faces throughout singing though are cracking me up. And this <laughs> shot of the of them right in the face of the microphone is really great. As they're moving their heads in and out because they're sharing the mic.
0: Also in that scene, we have uh, Steven Root, uh, sneaky four movie club man. Uh, he's playing Ooh. blind technician. Uh, Rango, No Country, Get Out. And he's also Bill on King of the Hill. Uh, it's the same guy. So Can I mention cool.
3: one more thing about the scene in the movie? So yeah. when they're singing this song in the studio, there's one shot and it's probably like eight seconds. But it cuts to outside of the studio, like from the glass from them. And you, like, are focused. You can see this guy's, like, reflection in the mirror. And he's making <laughs> yeah. these, like, weird hums um, and, like, yeah. singing over the music. The kinda. closed
0: caption said, hums off key. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I think oh. that is, like, a really obvious example of what they're doing throughout this whole movie. If you watch, like, the previous scene we are talking about when they're walking to the river, anytime they're showing a person, like, close up to the camera... It's like that person's voice is more prominent and Mm -hmm. it seems like they do that effortlessly in the movie. And I don't know how the heck they recorded the movie, the music, but it's I had headphones on during this, too. When I was watching, it's a lot of left to right where the person is on screen. It's really cool.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed it a lot in that baptism scene too, is like the individuals are approaching to get like dunked, like their voices get, get called out like that. But uh, they're leaving the studio, Delmar's celebrating, and they run into my personal favorite character of the whole movie, uh, Pappy <laughs> O'Daniel, played by Charles During. <laughs> Stevie, tell us about Pappy.
5: Pappy O'Daniel <clears throat> is the in- incumbent governor of Mississippi, correct?
0: Yeah. In the movie, yep.
5: Yeah, and he also played uh, Mr. Lebowski in The Big Lebowski.
0: Strong men mm. do cry. Yeah, Mr. that's Lebowski. someone else, I
4: think. <laughs> is yeah, it? Yeah, I agree. It's somebody else. I
2: Oh, I thought, I it, was him. thought it was No, it's the same guy. Uh, it's no, not I think the same guy. Uh, it's John Huddleston in The Big Lebowski. Yeah, it's definitely mm. not the
4: same guy. I'm with you.
2: And then, Who's uh, he in The
0: Big Lebowski?
2: But this guy, Lebowski, this guy is Lebowski. in... Um, Charles Durning is in The Hudsucker Proxy, another Cohen movie, where he's like a CEO of Hudsucker Industries. Gotcha. My okay. bad. I just they thought were it was exactly him. alike though, so
4: it's a very. And they easy... sounded like too. Yeah, I, I, I mm. thought it was that for a second, but then it didn't take me very long. And I was like, oh, it just looks like him, but not
3: really. Not yeah, him. I had to use the IMDb. Good catch. Didn't take Brett Ye- very long though.
4: Yeah, no, I just used my E Y E S, <laughs> just my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Precious, that good. <laughs> so you tell
5: us about
0: Pappy though? What? What more about this guy?
5: Pappy. um... He uh, really, really wants to get reelected, and (laughs) there is a reformer that's probably going to take his place if not for the uh, Soggy Bottom Boys in the end, but um, he's a very overweight man, and-
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Staunch.
5: Very staunch. I mean, it's Mississippi, like- It's kind of staunch on staunch. I mean, that's just staunches versus staunchers at that point, yeah. right? Yeah, no, you yeah. guys need
4: to do actually uh, learn your history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we know,
5: Brett, dog whistle politics, Democratic Party was a staunch party, then Republicans took that over later on. But I, love how,
0: I love how Pappy's first line in the movie is dumb, where it's like, Hey, friend, I don't want to talk out of school, but there's a man in there who'll give you $10 if you're singing <laughs> to a can. Singing to a can. And Pappy goes, huh. I'm not here to record a record, you dumb cracker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's the most unlikable politician. Like It's so funny. Uh,
0: so, fun fact, too. I love the way that the Coens kind of play with like some legendary figures from this time. Like We talked about Robert Johnson. Pappy O'Daniel, I have a book... Over there in my pile of books called uh, Please Pass the Biscuits, Pappy, which is a photo uh, documentary <laughs> of the actual Pappy O'Daniel, who is governor of Texas. And uh, it's actually th- this seems to be kind of the case of the movie that it was pretty much a true story where he was a technician at a radio station uh became an on-air personality parlayed that into a political career uh from his fame and also propped up his uh flower biscuit business <laughs> during that time
3: so it's like <laughs> Talk about a, a true
0: story yeah but they just they just changed states, <laughs> pretty much but they're they're sitting around the fire uh, later that night uh, they're kind of killing time. And, and I think one of the best scenes uh, of the movie here is, is a way to learn about the characters as they talk about what they want. And, and George Clooney's asking, you know, what, what will you do, uh, with the money? Um, and then he's like, this is the first time they say 1.2 million each, or is Delmar's mask 500,000 <laughs> each, 400 Dumar. But, um, do you, do you guys remember kind of what, what they want, what they're asking for? Film Dylan, do you, do any of these stick out to you?
2: Yeah, I know uh, John Turturro's character Pete. Uh, he wants a restaurant that he's going to run. Not entirely sure like what this was actually about, like trying to say about him or like what the relevance of this to his character was. But all of these did really serve to like deepen why they're kind of looking for the money. I think
5: uh, he hmm. wanted people to respect him for once. Yeah, that's right. what I think. Because oh, he wanted to put on really nice clothes and open a really nice restaurant yeah, and have people. Like he just
1: wanted to be in charge.
5: Yeah, people mm. look at him at a higher level because he thinks people just look down on him now. Right. Ooh, is this
3: a Stevie question sneaking up on us? I know.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, we hear from Dummar too. He just wants to get his family's land back, uh, and Everett so has sad. no plan. Yeah, which isn't which isn't like him. But yeah, it just, Not it just a kind man of like if you gr-
5: don't own
6: land.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's kind of a grounding reminder. I do love movies that take place during the Depression when everyone's just like. Like you hear it in the, hog, the hogs uh, people's houses where he's like, um, um, you know, the wife uh, died of mumps or something and the cow's got anthrax. Like everything's just like, everyone's <laughs> just down on their luck right now. It's just a tough time to be alive. But they're walking down the street. They don't really know what they're going to do next because the cops took their car and, and scared off Tommy. And what comes around the corner but Chicago's own George babyface Nelson. Mikey, can you tell us a little bit about... uh don't call me babyface, Nelson. What, what what he does in this story?
1: Yeah, so we're introduced to uh, George uh, because he's fleeing from the cops, so he's flying down the dirt road that they're walking on, and you can't tell what it is, but there's all this paper flying out from the back of his car, and when he stops to pick up the boys, he uh, Delmar notices that it's all huge dollar bills uh, fly- that are flying, and that he just robbed a bank and he's on the run, so they hop in and George is talking to him and he's like, Are you guys what does he call him? Bagman or uh Bagman, yeah, I think it was. And Delmar says something pretty funny. He's like, Well the fu- funny thing is, uh we were just saved or uh, me and John Tatura were just saved. <laughs> uh but uh <laughs> we used to be uh I don't know. We used to be sinners, or whatever he says, and then he hops out of the car and starts shooting his Tommy gun at the police, and <laughs> then they go and rob the next bank in the next yeah. town.
0: Dummer's like, "What lot of work you in, George?" As he's shooting at the cops with money <laughs> flying out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and we also learned that George Nelson uh, hates cows as well. (laughs) Not the livestock, George, but
3: uh, (laughs) they show a cow get lit up and then they show a cow just get plowed. My wife did not (laughs) like that
6: at
5: (laughs)
1: all. That actually looked pretty good for how old this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty good special effects.
0: Yeah, the technical stuff is really great in this movie. But uh, I did a little research, too, on George Nelson. I actually kind of got pulled pulled into it. Uh, I was going to watch this, like, 15-minute YouTube video. Then it suggested a 45-minute YouTube video, and I watched both of them. So I, I feel like I'm pretty <laughs> much an expert now. But he uh, he was part of the Dillinger gang. Actually, fun fact, uh, the last bank that they robbed together uh, was in South Bend, Indiana, a mere 30 minutes west, basically, of where Josh, Stevie, and Mikey record uh tonight, but he really was like the psychopath and really did hate being called uh babyface. It really did like set him off and trigger him and he was always kind of like a live wire during these uh during those bank robberies but he actually didn't bank rob in mississippi like i said he's more like upper midwest kind of guy um but it's great that the cohen's kind of like pulled his character in and he's very he's very bipolar he gets super sad at the end of the night after they've robbed all those banks and just kind of walks off like where are you going george he's like i don't know who cares and just walks (laughs) off into the the night um i like the
2: uh i like the line he gives when he's Leaving the bank, where he says, "Like, remember, everyone, Jesus saves." George withdraws. <laughs> <laughs> <Well, yeah.
0: laughs> then the woman who says "Babyface" Nelson he just parades the poor old woman. Not Babyface. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? Um, but so he he walks off. The, the, the gang's got some cash now, and they meet. Uh, then there's kind of another uh, montage here. The song "I'll Fly Away" is playing. It's a really great. Montage, Brett. It might even rival the montage in Ghostbusters. Well, no, um, not quite. I just watched <laughs> that. It's Still the best. But <laughs> we uh, we meet Homer Stokes. Uh, he has a uh, little person who's helping with his campaign, um, and they're sweeping up the state. Uh, Homer Stokes is played by Wade Duval, uh, Robert Duval's cousin, and actually, a Sneaky Two Movie Club for Homer Stokes. He's the uh, police captain in Prisoners, who Jake John Hall talks to.
3: But uh,
6: ooh, wow. In the shed.
0: During that movie, they steal some pies. Uh, we learned that the album, Made of Constant Star" is absolutely blowing up and they're becoming celebrities throughout the state. Uh, they paid for the those pies. It's a car.
1: A banging yeah. on SoundCloud right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's <laughs> blowing up. <laughs> Dylan does, or uh, Yeah, Dumar does leave a little bit of money uh, for the pies, but the, the gang's driving down the road in their new stolen car, and Brett, what, do the, what does uh, Pete see uh, down in the river?
4: Well, he hears the sirens right the singing
0: yeah yeah
4: was it like you and me and the devil makes three like (laughs) it's Uh, like uh, I
0: want to think about that Brett (laughs)
4: yeah I mean they're like really like in the Odyssey the sirens like lure you in and you drown and whatever so they had to tie themselves up and plug their ears or whatever so but yeah they get sucked into it and they kind of get in a drugged out stage and state and Clooney gets wasted and then they wake up, and what's his face is a frog. So
2: they <laughs> left his heart. <laughs> <laughs> they turned funny. him
0: into a horny toad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Them sirens did this
0: to Pete. They loved him up and turned him into a horny toad. Uh, I like how Delmar's reaction to that too is he's like, uh, "We got to find some kind of wizard to change him back." Like, that's where he thinks the adventure needs to go. <laughs> no, he's trying to find some wizard, but. The gang's got some money, they've got a car, and now they've got Pete as a frog. Uh, they go to have a dinner in a nice, nice restaurant, and uh, Stevie, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Big Dan Teague, uh, uh, played by John Goodman?
5: The sweatiest man in the state of Mississippi was played by John Goodman. Um, <laughs> they were outside for a mere five minutes on their picnic, and he was just covered in sweat. His shirt <laughs> turned two shades of blue real quick. But um, Big Dan is a uh, coming off as a Bible salesman, and he's kind of making this pitch, too, of, like, you know, knowing your customers and how to sell to them. And he's really intrigued by that boxer carrying uh, Pete the Horny Toad around him. Uh, what did he think that – what did he think that was in there? What's in the box? Probably I mean, just money or
4: jewels or something, right?
5: Yeah. yeah I think money.
4: Yeah.
5: Which – I don't know. Did you guys think this was kind of um,
4: a slant at religion at this part when he beats the tar out of him and robs him? I th- I was thinking more of just it's the depression and they people will do anything to get money, but that's it's possible. I didn't think of it that way, but I could see it's it, kind of beat
5: you over the head with it till I take all your money? That's <laughs> yeah, just what I, I took guess, away from it. That's a pretty good <laughs> metaphor, I guess.
2: There is a fun detail in there where uh, – when they at when uh Big Dan's going on, he says, like, what do I sell? The truth. And when he says the truth, for a second he puts up the KKK salute and then like grasps his hand back like he did not mean to do that. It's like, very, very small, <laughs> I didn't catch but that. like if you watch it again you can't miss it. It's really good. Big and Dan. I'll
3: tote court. I'll say too from this scene, all the way back from when I watched this as part of the freshman basketball team, Concord High, like that frog smashing in his hand is Ugh. an everlasting uh image i think <laughs> it's crazy yeah <laughs> and you think you actually th- as a viewer a first time viewer i think you think that it's pete at that point like why mm-hmm. wouldn't it be pete yeah
0: well as uh as uh delmar is sobbing there's kind of a cool or interesting transition where i don't know what you'd call it it, it goes to a focal point on Delmar's face as he's crying It's the only time that's used in the in the film But that's kind of indicating that we're jumping now To where Pete is um, He's being tortured He's actually kind of holding his own He's not ratting out his friends until the devil shows up um, He's about to get hung and, and says God forgive me uh, And then, then the devil waits No he so, says
3: god damn hanged. it God forgive me <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Get, your, get
0: your money's worth if you're gonna ask for forgiveness You might as well take the name and vain one more yeah. time so.
1: Go down swinging
0: Yeah so, uh, back, uh, back with the gang, um, uh, Delmar and Everett are on their way. Uh, what, what, what Delmar thinks is to the treasure, but we, we find them winding up at another Homer Stokes rally. Uh, we have the little Warvie gal singing, keep on the sunny side. Um, we find out that the mom, has been telling his daughters that she got hit by a train and kind of what like we talked about now, that he's a suitor, he's bona fide and, and, and George Clooney insists that he is the goddamn Petter Familius. Um, Josh, you're, a, you're the other Petter Familius on this podcast. What, how would you describe the domestic situation between uh, George Clooney and, and how who he meet as his wife, uh, Holly Hunter?
3: Well, I'll say during the first meeting, especially Holly Hunter's got a lot of really solid points and I think um, she just doesn't want her kids to be raised by a convict. And I think the best plan he has at that point is, like, he knows someone else that's going to print him fake law papers.
1: So it's like... <laughs> his no, Dennis papers. Dennis oh, yeah.
3: papers, no? Okay, so, like, he's clearly not really reformed, and um, <laughs> when her husband shows up, it's a really funny moment because he's just such a goofy looking character and he (laughs) ends up beating
2: the crap out of George Clooney
3: too in a pretty fair fist fight. What is George
2: Clooney's fighting stance? He holds both of his fists out to the side. like That is the (laughs) least defensive position he could be in.
0: His eyes cannot be more wide open. <laughs> the whole time, yeah, the other not taking that
5: dude's jab seriously at the all. The other
4: guy's <laughs> got like a,
5: the other like, a, like, a like, like a really nineteen
4: thirties boxing <laughs> style, which I love. <laughs> the guy rocks
6: him. <laughs> yeah.
4: His well, yeah. eyes are so open. That's so funny.
0: <laughs> so the. Everett goes to, to lick his wounds a little bit, like we mentioned. They go to the movie theater, uh, where they're, I couldn't find the name of this movie for the life of me. If any listeners can find it, I tried so hard to figure out what they're watching, but I, I wasn't able to find it. But the, uh, the gang of prisoners comes in, kind of like I mentioned. Um, but Pete is with them and he says, do not seek the treasure. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Domhart feels the to tell him, we thought you was
1: a toad. And Pete's like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no idea what he's talking about at all. But so they get that cryptic message. Uh, we get some more of Pappy drinking on the porch and, and talking with his, his brain trust at the time. Um, but, uh, they go to break Pete out of jail and, uh, they, they do a good job. Uh, they rub some, some dirt on their face for some reason. Um, and Pete, Pete confesses to the guys that he, that he told the devil and and the cops about, about the treasure. So they'll be waiting for them there. So they can't, they can't go get it. That's what he meant by do not seek the treasure. And he's, he's really emotional. And then, uh, film Dylan, what does, uh, what does George Clooney reveal to the group? Um, in Oof. that moment, feeling kind of guilty.
2: Well, on top of finally revealing that he was arrested for law without a li- law without a license, he reveals there is no treasure in fact. And, uh, Poor Pete, man. He is heartbroken because he only had two weeks left on his sentence. Mm-hmm. And like, That's so I brutal. I felt so much for Pete in that moment.
0: Yeah. It'll be 1987.
1: <laughs> <laughs> his face when he says, I only had two weeks left.
6: <laughs>
1: yeah, just, I'll be
5: 84 years old.
1: And is so dumb. He doesn't put two and two together until he, he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I could have gotten out pretty easily, too. <laughs>
0: This, uh, this breaks into a fist fight, and the gang goes rolling down a hill, and they see like, one of the more chilling, I think, sequences of the movie. Uh, the song, O Death, is playing, and, and Brett, who's marching around like uh, all scary, like some Wizard of Oz OEO
3: <laughs> type stuff.
4: Oh, that's exactly what I thought, by the way. It's uh, the KKK. I heard that
3: when they were filming on set, even, they were very aware that that was a ode to Wizard of Oz, which is interesting. I mean, it sounds like really
4: eerie and cool. I mean, it's it's a definitely a jump out at you scene. So I thought, it, I guess they did a pretty good job.
0: I don't know. Their, their their dance is so like tightly choreographed that it's like extra creepy. Like they're doing like lean ins and and all yeah. these weird moves. <laughs> um, they they have Tommy too. So the gang has to go save him. They they kind of beat up a guard Indiana Jones style and change into his clothes. Um, And then they, what do they do? They they just kind of like grab a flag, right? A Confederate flag. Uh, we find out that Homer Stokes is like the grand wizard and big Dan's (laughs) there too. Like all the bad guys are of course in the clan. And, uh, I I don't know which one of them Chuck chucks the flag, but everyone's all like, "Oh, you can't let it hit the ground. So they're all distracted and they don't see them also cutting down the wires on the burning cross, which take out, uh, big Dan T. Um, but the group, the group heads back into town and then there's some kind of political event, concert. I think it's a Homer Stokes like rally, like a radio type deal, but, but he shows up there. That's where, uh, Everett's wife is. Um, and Pappy is also there to try and get the campaign manager to switch sides. So we have all kind of like these three storylines, uh, coming together. Um, there's a couple songs here, uh, Josh, we talked about in the jailhouse. Now I'm curious. Now, did you do you like this one too? Are you all in on on bluegrass now as an as an older man?
3: <laughs> no, I think um, the marquee song of the movie is like by far the strongest. But I did like this scene. Um, it feels like so real. This like building they're in and like old time town and people just crowded in there and sweating and breathing. Um, I know that's not the question you asked but no, yeah, I love that part of the scene um, just feels like so grimy and weird and even somehow like when they're playing the song and George Clooney doesn't really have like a role in that first song he's like kind of standing off in the corner of the stage holding his beard down <laughs> talking to his <laughs> wife and it's like I-, I don't know like the whole thing's like campy but yet gritty and real too and it's just strange and awesome
2: And we get some of the uh, Papio Daniel trying to convince The suitor to come over to his side of the campaign Which is really funny, especially when uh, mm-hmm. I think his, his name is Vernon Waldrop Maybe, and he says something mm-hmm. like Homer Stokes says moral fiber, and Papio Daniel's like You idiot, I invented moral fiber
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Oh yeah
3: and yogurt But shooting dice Was his favorite game got thrown in jail with nobody to go his bail the judge done said that he refused the
4: fine he's in the jailhouse now he's in the hey Pat yeah can I interject real quick I, I found that the movie is called Mert and Marge from 1933 that's
1: M-Y-R-T wow. <laughs> how'd you find it- that
4: I just googled it. It's a Damn. pre-code backstage musical based on a popular radio serial.
0: Oh, it's my watch list on Letterboxd. I can't Mert wait.
4: Mert and Marge, nineteen thirty-three.
0: That's my next pick for spoilers. Actually. Oh god, Sorry. no! I'm gonna at that night. Get ready. i just Bye. kidding. You know, you know, I'll watch it.
1: Is it on Amazon? It's a yes for Maybe Brett. Can- yes, dog.
0: It's on public uh, domain. Probably you can just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's
6: just
4: out there. Check. Let me check. Tia me uh, check. Turner classic.
0: Okay, while while you look while you check that, uh, the man of constant sorrow, like Josh mentioned, has has blown up. Uh, for some reason, Brett's favorite president, George Bush Senior, is in the crowd with a tomato, <laughs> ready to throw it in case anything goes awry. And of course, it does because Homer Stokes interrupts and and says that the, the, they're bad guys and, and they disrupted a Klan rally. But the the, the group. Or the crowd just wants to hear music and that's his undoing. And, and Pappy, uh, the ever wise and, and present politician uses it as a moment to, to bolster his campaign and pardon the, uh, the, the soggy bottom boys. And, and they all sing, you are my sunshine in a chorus. And so the movie could end there, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't. The gang has to go on one more, um, mission. Uh, Dylan, do you remember what that mission is?
2: Yeah, they are trying to recover the wedding ring uh, so that Everett can finally be with uh, Holly Hunter here at the end. And so they got to return to... I believe it's the house where he said he hid the treasure, maybe. I, I might be mixing that up, but I think that's what yeah. it is. It's like their old family home.
0: Well, it's kind of implied, too, because there may have been some truth in his, his lie uh, because it does end up getting flooded. But, um, yeah, I mean, this scene... This scene's really great. Steve, is, is your first time seeing it, were you worried that the boys are going to get hung uh, when they show up to the house and you see the three <laughs> nooses?
4: Hanged. Uh, whatever.
5: <laughs> um, No, I wasn't... I think it took like such a goofy turn at this point that I really wasn't worried about anything like dark happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised they didn't dig their own graves, though. I kind of thought that was odd for them not to. But... um, No, I just... I At this point, it was it, it was so goofy and much more comedic that I really wasn't worried about them getting
4: h- hanged at all. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but like I did you guys see the thing that said it was based on the cabin from the Evil Dead? Hmm. Well, yeah, one of the Cohen brothers was an editor on that movie. Yeah, Joel Cohen was assistant editor. Yeah.
2: yeah, they're really close with Sam Raimi. They do a lot of stuff with him. I think Sam Raimi actually helped write the Hudsucker Proxy, too.
1: What about the music here? The music is pretty good. You got to go.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why they didn't dig
1: their own graves, Stevie, because they had to have a choir. Because of the music.
2: Yeah. We had to have those guys.
4: I thought the music made the movie just even better. I thought the music was awesome throughout the entire movie.
3: Well, and then I guess the thing that Dylan was saying earlier about the devil having like the Poseidon reference, um, it, he kind of gets done in by this flood. So it oh, nice. kind of ties Ooh. back in.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I do like to see that. Like, the Coens have a weird thing for just putting like characters that are the devil in their movies. And, like, I won't spoil some of the other ones that they're in, but like, there's a good selection of Coen Brother movies where there's just the occasional character that is most definitely a <laughs> devil representation. Whether, whether they just have like really weird powers in an otherwise normal movie, or they're just like constantly on the trail of the main characters, and it's just kind of interesting because they never are, like a like main presence in the movie but they're always there just kind of leaving the door open to that theme of like religion and the devil and stuff
3: but but do they have a christ figure josh how was i not prepared for this (laughs) (laughs) can i can i throw that to stevie do you got a christ (laughs) character for the for this for this movie or just all their movies i gotta. i mean i don't know i don't know if there is one for this one i I don't think so.
2: I don't I don't think there is. That's what's funny, is in all of the ones where there is a devil, like I would say Raising Arizona, Hudsucker Proxy Hudsucker Proxy is an exception. I won't get too into that, but there's definitely a, a Christ figure in that, although more of a god figure actually. But most of well, the ones are just there's a devil. It's like I can't think of anyone that would be like a Christ figure in this movie.
5: Donnie's probably the devil in the big Lebowski. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? Yeah.
6: He
5: never
1: shuts he's the, up. He's
0: a Christ his own, figure. Man. Right. but uh like like we mentioned that flood comes and it is a very religious movie too like like we even some of the jokes like judas Iscariot Hogwallop, uh they're still kind of referencing the bible there they're, and uh there's some i'm sure there's more bible references too but but when george clooney asks for forgiveness uh from god like kind of like breaks his character and is like i just want to see my kids again you know he didn't reveal earlier in the film what he really wanted and that was kind of like the lie was almost like the central conflict of the whole movie. And now he's just telling God that, that, that that's all he wants in life. And it's a really cool shot uh, with the water. Again, like we talked about, technically this movie is pretty good uh, for the time. Uh, they see the cow on top of a cotton house as they predicted uh, or as predicted by the Oracle and the rings um, in the roll top desk that Tommy's riding. But that's pretty much the end of the movie. I mean, Odysseus uh, Everett has, has, arrived home, he has the wrong ring. Uh Holly Hunter calls talks counts to three and storms huh. off. And uh we get the angel band um singing uh what song are they singing? Uh, I don't know. Uh I'll look that up in a second. But yeah, it's a it's a great ending. The the credit song's really good. Um any thoughts, any final thoughts on the, on that kind of ending or in the in the film in general?
1: We see the Har- Harbinger guy, hand car operator again. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, and we see Babyface again, distance. and
3: he's getting taken to the electric chair, but his bipolar is up, so he still has <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he
4: loves it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I also think uh, George Clooney kind of has the full arc, because somewhere, I think right after Delmar and Pete get baptized, he says something like, there's uh, like justice of the law, and there's justice of God, or something like that. There's forgiveness of the law, and there's forgiveness of God. And it's interesting how all the characters get both, because you have those two getting baptized there, all of them get pardoned by papio daniel which is the you know forgiveness of the law and then at the end Everett kind of getting his last like savior moment with the kind of flood coming in and saving everything so like all of the characters kind of go through both of those which i thought was cool and even yeah, that's kind it's of cool. a
0: baptism of sorts with the the water coming in um the song is called angel band my apologies and then the artist is the stanley brothers but the warvy gals are singing it there at the end uh and it cuts to black and white. Uh, any other final thoughts? Anything I, I skipped over? Um, yeah, want to talk um,
3: about. the one real female character, Penny Holly Hunter. Why is she such like a hard ass at, at the end? I wasn't. I'm not saying this is a, like, a huge like feminism thing. Think about but just... how many times she's been conned by
5: one man that won't <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah.
1: Left her with all these children. <laughs>
4: Seriously,
1: what are you yeah, planning, Josh?
4: Stubborn, I guess. Those are really good points. Did did we talk about... I might have zoned out, but did we talk about that crazy scene with the the, the Duval guy just going crazy at that party? Did we talk about that? I thought that was like... He's like on the radio and he's pretty much telling everyone he's in the KKK and that's the turning point. Uh, did we, we talk sk- about that?
0: We skipped over a little bit. I guess i was saying, saying some
4: crazy, pro- crazy racist stuff.
0: He says no, that I'm just saying now- it was
4: a really crazy scene. Like It's like all the cool singing and everything and then it just goes crazy i don't think we talked about john goodman getting the burning cross on him
0: okay one thing at a time brett jesus slow down so the for the (laughs) for the guy at the party like i was confused why is he pissed is he pissed that they have a, a black person in their band or does he he says those boys aren't white does he think that they're actually not White, I, think
2: he's, uh, I think they all get unmasked at the KKK thing when they're trying to rescue Tommy and he sees right. them. They say the color guards colored. Because guards one of the lines colored. he says yeah. when he first interrupts them is like, these boys just disrupted a, a ceremony. I'm in a little society yeah. that you guys may know. And that's when everybody realizes like, oh, yeah, Homer Stokes is not a good guy.
4: Yeah, I think he was just really indignant that they would have the, like, the audacity to mess with a sacred ceremony. But also they had their faces painted to blend in, to, to hide from... In the dark, they all had—I'm uh, not gonna call it blackface because that's not what it is—but like dark stuff on their face. That's why he like thought Greece, color, I thought they were almost. Yeah, like grease. That's exactly
0: probably what it is. Okay, because that's what I was confused about. If he thought that they were actually like mixed, because he has a couple lines about that too, and he's walking in the thing about how he doesn't like mixed people because he's just super racist. But Brett, what did you want to say about the burning cross? No, I'm John just, Goodman.
4: I I'm just—I'm just saying we skipped over some crazy little crazy scenes. Like, I'm glad that John Goodman got his. Come up and I kind of like what Pappy, uh, what Stevie was saying earlier about he's kind of hitting people over the head with religion and he gets hit over the head
2: with a burning cross. I mean, he- good point, bro. Nice. Good point.
0: A. plus.
2: There's Thank also you. something I read this somewhere and I, I realized how true it was. There's something about the Coen brothers with whatever movie John Goodman's in, they just make him like the strongest man alive. Like he catches <laughs> the, the javelin flag, no problem, and like other ones they were talking about like raising arizona he just with like one arm poised an entire man out of the ground and stuff like that like he throws just,
4: a bowling ball at someone who collapses his chest and stuff and big lebowski yeah there's another
2: one he's <laughs> always just such a beast Barton Fisk, he's like this huge imposing figure like everything is great
3: vietnam vet also <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's all i got pap sorry no that no that's that's perfect so let's uh Let's get into our yes or no's. If this is your first episode, we just break it down binary style. I think in the movie a yes or a no. I'll go first. Uh like I mentioned, I kind of freaked out on the Too Fast, Too Furious episode. My mom was super disappointed, and this is her (laughs) favorite movie. I've seen it literally dozens of times at this point. It's not it's not an exaggeration to say that I've listened to the soundtrack hundreds of times. I listen to it like every day in the shower, like over the course of like almost a year so I'm, I'm sure that it was at least hundreds of times like i just this movie is such a part of me i love it so much it's so funny like even like what we talked about today there were things that i hadn't thought about and it's just a really well written funny story and then like the soundtrack was just so big it's tough to underestimate like this was a cd that so many people had uh, at that time and it's just something that doesn't exist anymore like people just don't buy the soundtracks to movies like you might listen to it on Spotify or something but it's a really cool memory to have and uh I love the Cohen so hard yes uh let's go to last week's host quote unquote week's host Brett what did you <laughs> what do you give this movie
4: oh yeah this is a good movie I, I like this movie um I think I put it in my review it's not like my favorite Cohen but it's definitely up there um I thought, like I mentioned a little bit bit ago, I thought the music, just the spiritual, the bluegrass, the stuff throughout the movie just made it even better. Um, Good cast. I really like, uh, what is it, Tim Blake Nelson. He's probably my favorite character.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Um, Just a cool grassroots type story, and it's a really cool interpretation of a classic book. So, definite yes for me.
0: Nice. Uh, Shocker, shocker. Stevie, first time viewing. What do you give this movie?
4: Hard, hard. Yes, I
5: love this movie. Uh, from the soundtrack down to the way it was written, um, even just their dialogue and just the comedy substance itself. Um, great, great pick and awesome movie. So hard, yes for me.
0: Mikey, also first time viewing.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I got a little bit tricked going into this movie. I didn't even know it was a musical either, so that, I'm glad I didn't know that going in, because uh, I probably would have hated it going in. But uh, I loved it. It was way funnier than I was ever expecting, and the music was really good, too. And It was shot by Roger Deakins, so it looks awesome. And uh, I thought the Coens did a really good job, and I love that uh, it was kind of like an ode to the Odyssey and stuff. I didn't know that either going into it, so... It was a really interesting movie. There's a lot of uh, layers to it that I didn't know about, so it was fun to find out. It was a yes,
0: nice, Josh.
3: Yeah, with what Mikey was saying, I think it's so funny on IMDb that it has listed Ethan Cohen, Joel Cohen, and Homer as the writers. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, I I don't. I'm with Mikey too in that I'm not a huge fan of musicals, but this has got to be right up there with, like, South Park and Walk Hard. Is for it like a musical? Favorite.
5: I mean...
1: Dude, there's so much music. But Everybody does the music it.
5: advance the plot, though?
0: <sighs> I mean, yeah, the reason the Soggy Bottom Boys get pardoned is because of their music.
1: The comparison to Wizard of Oz, I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely a musical. Gotcha. I just love
3: it, and I love musicals that are just out there and almost barely recognizable as musicals, so kind of to your point, Stevie. But... Coen Brothers like kind of the magic of what they do is that 15 year old freshman basketball me could love this as just like a silly comedy lowbrow silly fun and even me now 20 years later it's like um, it's still that fun aspect of it but there's also a deeper intellectual part of your brain that kind of pings when you watch Coen Brothers movies and is a great example of that um, but especially with this movie how f- just fun it is to watch it's a huge yes
0: nice and uh, last but not least you've been a great guest uh, you host a great podcast called Cinestudy. Study uh, film done what, what say you on Oh Brother Arthur
2: uh, this is a definite yes for me uh, no no question about it pretty much most of the Coen Brothers stuff is is a yes in my book it's all up there I really like how they're able to, like, so seamlessly blend a lot of, like, just crazy, very quirky humor with, like, kind of what we were saying with, like, actually having some serious themes and, like, messages and all of that. And then they're so good at making really memorable characters because you'll, like, always remember the most obscure characters from movies like this and all of them. And so, I mean, they can do very little wrong in my eyes.
0: There we go. That's six yeses. That makes a brother where art thou preserved. I don't know what kind of feet this is, or food this is. It's not a uh, horse that was almost gopher, or whatever. Yeah. What was it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fresh a family gopher. of gophers <laughs> and pie. Whole,
0: whole gopher village. Uh, okay, but <laughs> now it's time for trivia. And the way this works is that whoever wins trivia gets to pick the next movie and take over as host. So today's trivia is called "Oh Brother, Who Art Thou." Now stick with me folks it's not that it's complicated but i have i'm lost five famous people <laughs> or excuse me 10 famous people i'm going to describe them from their uh siblings perspective so if it was uh for example uh president if it was uh if george bush was the, the topic i might be like i was governor of florida My brother became president, though, after becoming governor of Texas. So then you would know it's George Bush, but Mm. you'll you'll catch on. Yes, I'd know that. Yeah. So for each one of these, I have five clues. Uh, So many George
3: Bush references tonight. (laughs) Uh,
0: By the end, it's going to be really obvious who the person is. So you'll each get a crack at like going first and going last, Um, and then whoever has the most points at the end wins. Um, You get a point for naming the famous. You're trying to name the famous person. Um, but if you do that, I'll also give you a chance to guess the name of the sibling, and if you get that right, you'll get a bonus point too. Um, and then last, last but not least, film uh, Dylan. You're also going to be in. Uh, you'll be fifth, uh, but if you get a, you don't you won't get any points. But if you get a question right. Whoever's up next is, is eliminated from the game. So you're going to kind of like knock oh, people geez. out. Wow. So, All right. All right. So, Killed by Dylan. Yeah, I love, I love that shit. Death so, by Dylan. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's going to give even more advantage to the people who haven't hosted in uh, longer. But, okay so, so the order it's is Brett, lame. Stevie, Mikey, Josh, then uh, Dylan. Um, so here is the first clue, Brett. And so, as so you get to guess, um, or if you don't guess, you only get one chance at it, and then it goes to the next person. Okay. So, so. If,
5: if the person misses, are you eliminated?
0: No, you're not eliminated. There's no penalty. Okay, you're not for
5: penalized
4: anything. for guessing no. that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it'll be way easier for Dylan than it will be for Brett. So, here's the first clue. For, from the perspective of the least f- famous sibling, lesser famous sibling, who might not be famous necessarily, they could just be a dude <laughs> or a lady. You're but. the worst. Okay. My brother has been in six Cohen Brothers movies. Gotta keep this uh, moving, Brett.
4: No, we don't. Okay. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Steve Buscemi.
0: Nope. Uh, Stevie, your clue? My brother and I are from Missouri. Buscemi.
5: From Missouri? From Missouri.
0: Oh. I've been in, um, My brother has been in Six Cohen Brothers movies, and we're both from Missouri.
5: God. I... Steven Root.
6: Okay.
0: Uh, Mikey. My brother has been in hit TV shows and hosted Saturday Night Live 13 times.
1: Jeff Bridges?
0: Nope. Josh, your turn. My brother has been in, in many, many, many films, including Raising Arizona, Barton Fink, Inside Lewin Davis, A Brother Where Art Thou, and The Big Lebowski. Uh, Josh Chatero? Gosh dang it. All right, Dylan, to knock out Brett, the final That's clue. That's freaking
4: lame. You guys suck. All of you br- suck. <laughs> you is, got wrong too. My brother
0: is 6'2", and has weighed as much as 400 pounds at points Jeez. in his life.
2: I think that that really narrows it down. I think it's got to be... John Goodman. Boom! You just
0: got killed Big by Dylan. Team. Big you guys are so lame. See you guys. Boom. Dylan's on the board. <laughs> Brett's <laughs> out of here. <laughs> He's stomping off. Uh, all right. So <laughs> now... So let me delete Do you leave? that.
3: Does he think there was collusion there? That's ridiculous.
0: I don't know. Stevie, you're up to go first now, okay?
3: No, I just think you guys are dumb. <laughs> Ready? Shh. Wow. Yeah.
0: So this... This makes things interesting because now there's more clues than there are people. So, Stevie, it might come back to you, potentially. Oh, boy. All right. So, my sister has been in eight Cohen Brothers movies, the most of any actress or actor. Oh,
2: shit. Um, God damn it. <sighs>
0: <laughs> no guess? No,
5: hold on.
0: Um, My sister has been in eight Coen Brothers movies, the most of any actress or actor. Down,
5: on, Julianne Moore? Brothers,
0: nope. Mikey? Oh, no. My sister and I were adopted, and we grew up in Illinois. <sighs> uh...
1: I don't even know too many. A- Cohen brothers movies, actors in Cohen brothers movies. Uh, I'll just say Holly Hunter. I don't know. Okay, Josh.
0: My sister has won two Oscars for Best Actress in a Leading Role.
6: <sighs> oh, brother, I know it. who art thou? Yes. It's a
0: play on words. It's very clever. <laughs> oh, brother, who art thou? Is,
3: I feel like it's the main character from Fargo, and I can't freaking remember her name. Um, I know I name it. I think I'm yeah. out. Some uh, from uh, so uh, we don't know. From McDonald, from McDonald. What are you saying? From <laughs> uh, uh, from Fr- 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 Swiss. From uh, we
0: need an answer, please. Can it <sighs> be just last
3: name or you're humming?
0: You're humming words. Yeah. Say okay. Just give me a last name, maybe. Mac- no, because it's siblings.
3: The McNurno brothers. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no I'm You're clear. Get out. My sister has been in a lot of movies, including Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Damn Miller's Damn Crossing, it. and potentially most famously Fargo. God.
2: Who's who's uh who's about to die here? If I get this out of curiosity,
0: Stevie. Stevie's about to die.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, may what I say rest game. in peace, I believe it is Francis McDormand. <laughs> That's what I said!
1: He's a fucking killer, folks.
0: He's a killer on the mic.
2: All right. No, so they're all Stevie's, really easy, so.
0: Stevie's out. So now it's Mikey, Josh, and then Dylan can still kill Mikey. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mikey, it's your turn to get the first clues. So now there's three people, five clues. Uh, Mikey, my brother has been in three Coen Brothers movies.
1: Jeff Bridges.
0: Josh, my brother and I are from Michigan.
3: Huh? Uh, Steve Busquama? <laughs> Just joking. Steve Buscemi.
0: Nope. <laughs> Film don't. My brother ha- has won a Golden Globe, BAFTA, and Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor.
2: Uh, I think I have this down to two, but I don't know which... Um, I'll go John Turturro.
0: Nope. So back to Mikey. My brother has been in True Grit, The Lady Killers, Burn After Reading, and Whiplash.
4: Oh, got it. I thought Brett uh. left. No, I'm here. Listen, listen to you guys. He
0: stumble
3: stumbled back through this.
5: In. We're gonna get through trivia with having Dylan knocked everyone out.
0: Pretty
2: cool. I I know it now, so if it gets back to me, it's 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 done. There's
0: no, you know, it, it can't. Yeah. It'll just go
1: to Josh.
2: Yeah. Is it the bald guy? I don't know his name. Yeah.
1: Yep. I can't.
0: No guess Raymond. though. Okay, Josh, your last clue. My brother played Jay Jonah Jameson in the toby Maguire Spider-Man <laughs> movies.
3: <laughs> I oh, don't. I no. don't say that. Oh, guys, it's watch J. a movie every K. once in a while. Yeah. Can we mute here. Brett's audio for a little bit? No, I love it.
0: I love it. So, uh, now Josh goes first. Let me okay. just move this down. Yeah, how does it? What? Josh should right. go first now. Okay. Okay. But it's still, it's Josh, Dylan, Mikey's the order. Okay. My brother has been in four Cohen brothers movies. He's also in the Two Movie Club for spoilers.
3: Man, we said someone tonight was in the Two Movie Club. Uh, we already did John Goodman, uh, George Clooney.
0: Nope. Dylan, my brother and I are from Michigan.
2: Okay. I want to say it's the guy that played Homer Stokes, but now I can't remember his name. Just because that's, I think, who we mentioned earlier. Is it, like, Walter Duvall?
0: Nope. Mikey, back to you. My brother has played the title role in a recent television series and starred in a famous film trilogy. Four Coen Brothers movies from Michigan title role in a recent show and he's also in the two movie club for spoilers famous starred in a famous film trilogy mm,
3: famous film trilogy
1: uh, I have no idea okay
0: So this is Josh's guess and then Dylan has a chance to knock out Uh, Josh, A clue. My brother has worked a lot with Sam Raimi.
3: These are all actors, you said? Yep. I don't know. Pass.
0: Dylan, to to (laughs)
3: knock out (laughs)
0: Mikey and give Josh the win. My brother is really good at fighting the evil dead.
2: Bruce Campbell.
0: There you go. Boom, 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 boom. He was in Coen
2: Bros. movies? been in
0: four yeah. Coen Brothers movies. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really? made some
2: appearances. I remember him in Hudsucker Proxy.
0: Yeah. So we talked about <gasps> a lot. They work with Sam Raimi. They're good friends with him, and they share that in common too. But
3: <sighs> What a satisfying victory. Yes,
0: yeah, so answering <laughs> so many points correctly. <laughs> we have your new host, <laughs> dominant in film trivia, Josh. Uh, let's Rig. throw it to Spoiler Man. Uh, and come back and get Josh's pick
3: spoiler man here our email is
4: podcast spoilers at gmail.com twitter is at spoilers underscore pod our instagram is podcast spoilers it's lit Josh Hensley from the rutabaga wrote our theme song
0: and we're back uh, before Josh gives us is pick Dylan. Tell people <laughs> they can find your excellent podcast. Right. Real quick. Uh,
2: you can find it pretty much anywhere since Study Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at the same handle. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to do my best, be a little bit more consistent with uploading some stuff, but this has uh, inspired me to do some Coen Brothers stuff, which I was planning on doing eventually. So. If you like this uh movie you might want to stay tuned for me maybe covering some of that other stuff from them
0: awesome yeah as like i said i love the extended analysis episodes it feels like like the one on Lyland it's like i don't know almost two hours or something it just feels like the definitive podcast on it's like well never need to pick yeah i feel like now, i, I so.
2: ramble a little bit but i do like to get like kind of a as comprehensive a take as i can which is it's pretty fun so
0: very cool all right so josh You're our next host. Uh, Thanks again, Dylan. But what will the movie be, Josh, for your pick?
3: So another John Goodman flick from 1990. Movie about spiders. Arachnophobia. Let's go. (laughs) I'm just joking. Wow. I want to threaten Brett because wow. <laughs> oh, he's come on. Josh loves acting real fake snobby out about trivia. He does right this now. every
0: time?
1: <laughs>
3: just because, yeah, I do. And just, but just because I didn't get any trivia answers right doesn't mean I didn't deserve to win, Brett. <laughs>
4: no, I'm actually pumped that you won. I just wish I would have gotten a chance.
3: We're <laughs> we're gonna go to. I, I just listened to WTF Pod with Angelica houston and um it got me thinking about one of my favorite movies of all time and World i only Spinal get tarp? since i only Tenenbaums. get like one or two picks a year i gotta Tenenbaums. start going with my favorites and it's actually the darjeeling limited brett oh okay so, yeah, that's good. I just anderson told Brittany the other day that she it's she needs to watch another wes anderson and it's only a minute 31 it's a great spoilers <laughs> pick awesome oh, awesome awesome <laughs> I was gonna mention that a fura, uh fura on instagram dude if i get like more of the uh yeah no promises I don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well thanks <Watch> josh <laughs> uh, bre- breaker of oath Josh will be your host next week uh thank you for listening thanks again film Dylan uh sin study podcast take it away yes, Wait, thank right. you very good support man give us some
2: shout outs we'll do we'll do it yeah we can always do this right. and reverse it sometimes we'll, we'll stay into we'll stay in touch all
0: right well, thanks for listening. That was, spoilers. that was Spoilers. Josh, are you ready?
3: Yeah, I want to think of the movie with the most <laughs> spiders really quick. Let me, let me Google it up.
4: Arachnophobia? On, well, that's <sighs> fine, I won't be on I'm, the episode. I'm
1: okay with that, too.
4: Hey, yeah, I, I, I don't blame me for getting the guy who's going back-to-back trivia without wrong. having any chance to win. I got it. Smart.
0: I didn't think Dylan would be such a factor, to be honest. It was kind of a wrinkle I threw in at the end, and then it be, and, ended up being a Then you the heard, the heard how much he talked here.
4: about every Cohen movie throughout this
2: pod, then you well, realize, uh-oh. Oh, I, yeah, I know my Coens. I do.
0: I like I like when there's an advantage. I like, I like parodies. The Spoilers <laughs> League is built on parody, Brett it's the whole <laughs> took the but NFL
4: it just to not give me a chance is pretty sucky
0: well it just sucked that no one else knew it well the th- the first one was kind of tough
3: the only but. way you can really lose spoilers trivia is if you get mad that you lose you have to so. be above the game just <laughs> lost very
0: wise <laughs> all right
1: play above the
3: rim
0: are you ready josh can we bring it so, back
3: so ready i've Young been thinking about too. this pick okay. for 6 months <laughs> and we're
0: back